Hey, welcome to the Engage Network podcast. We're so happy to have you join us today. Why don't we dive into another incredible, life-changing message? Well, let's pray. That's a good way to start. Lord Jesus, we just, I just feel like you really, number one, you love us. And I'm just so thankful for that because (laughs) not much else is possible outside of that. You loved us first while I was still a long way off. While I was still running my own race, running my own path, running my own journey, running my own fights. (laughs) You still loved me before I even really met you. And I thank you, number one, for that. Because of that love, you pulled me to a place where I'm able to actually run this race with you and for you and through you and all good things flow from the Father of lights. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. All right, well, I was told to preach on Colossians, which is good because, man, we're taking a long time with this four-chapter book. What's going on here? That's, oh, that's it. April 5th, it's over. No more Colossians. Okay, all right. So be ready for that. It'll be a joyous day. Uh, Come on. We're laughing here. It's funny. Four chapters, taking like two months to go through the book. It's funny. Anyway, I was told to preach on Colossians 6, 2, 6 to 15, which is actually right in the wheelhouse for me because if you haven't heard me before, I talk about a certain thing over and over and over and over again. Uh, and people say, why? why don't you just talk about something else for once? It's like, I can't. God, God, you know what? I, I think that there's a lot of different flavors. And obviously today with seven different preachers preaching, I mean, you're going to get different flavors all over the place, which is awesome. Because, and, and are we all speaking on the same passage? Is that how it's working? So it's pretty incredible when you think about it. There's seven different people taking on the same that shows that the word of God's alive, that it's powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it pierces deeper than things of the world. As, as, as powerful as maybe you watch a good Netflix show or something and it like rattles you that night and you're like, I can't even sleep, it was so good. Or you, the next day you talk about it. But as good as those are, as good as those shows are, and there's some good ones. How much greater, how much more rattling, how much more piercing, how much more awakening is the word of God? See, that's how it really is meant to be. And so when they say, okay, seven different people preach on this set of scriptures here, because it's alive, because it's powerful, because it's relevant for today, you can have seven different people dropping bombs on how powerful the word of God is. That's pretty awesome. What I take out of things normally is I, I really, and this is scary sometimes, but I really let that piercing happen to me. It's been a long process of, of that. Anyone in school right now? Yeah, there's a, you guys are in school. Josiah, you're in school too. You hated every, you know, you're shaking his head. No, but you are. Anyone else in post-secondary school? Gavin's in Bible school. Who else is in Bible school? You're pointing, being singled out at the back there. <laughs> there's, there's another education that, that, that you're 
jumping into. And if you had, if 13 years of elementary and high school wasn't enough for you and you just want to punish yourself further, you just keep going to school. But <laughs> really, life is school. If we actually look at the journey of, of the apostles, of, of Paul the, here and, 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 and other guys in the Bible, you realize that life is a journey. In fact, they talk about that, about running the race. And so you've decided after this number of years of school that you're going to go and deepen it even further. Is that Tiffany Breezebois? Wow, hi. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I do that a lot. I'm not the typical three-point dude. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so if someone jumps out to me, I'm just going to talk to you during the whole thing. So be ready for that. But uh, I just know Tiffany since she was like, an, well, more annoying. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Jaden's little sister, by the way. If you, you guys know Jaden, so that's Jaden's little sister over there. Anyway, known her for a long, long time since, I don't know, you were 11 or something maybe. And uh, so anyway, hi. I had a dream we had another son the other night. That was scary. Uh, uh, Nikki insisted on naming, our youngest boy's name is Jackson, J-A-X-O-N, and she insisted on naming this one Jackson, J-A-X-I-N. I'm like, I think that's going to be confusing. I'm not sure, but it could be confusing if we're yelling at them one day. We're always going to get two kids responding. So, And in my dream, I said, he looks more like a Jeremy. So maybe that's something for you, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> see, I told you I get distracted. Uh, <laughs> yes. But you've been to school. So well, think about this for a second. We, we love finish lines as humans. We love completing things. We love that, that feeling of completion, that, that it's done. I can move on to the next thing now. We love that. And so we go to school, and eventually with the idea that one day I'll be done the school thing, and I'll actually be able to do my career part of things. It'll be great. And we look at life like that quite a bit. The, the, the crazy part is, I think, and really I think the part that we miss, is that the spiritual journey isn't really like that. See, the spiritual journey is actually a lifelong process. The spiritual journey, well, as much as one day you want to be like, I've arrived, the heavens opened above me, I heard the voice of God. This is all me that I've done at one point. I heard the voice of God, and God said, well done, my good and faithful service, and he's going to whisk me up in a whirlwind, and everyone's going to watch, and everyone's going to be cheering. Look how amazing that was. I'm just revealing, guys, what's deep in my heart, and maybe in some of your hearts. I don't know. Oh, man. Come on, Gavin. That mustache is so nice. You need to smile more. <laughs> but the journey of life isn't meant to just be done one day when you're like 62 years old and you retire. That's the difference. Think about a doctor for a second. You go to school for seven years. You get how much money and tuition? 120 grand, they figure, or something like that. Then you work the next seven, eight, 15 years paying off that debt. And then you have maybe 20 years of actually doing the thing that you went to school and paid off to do. And then you retire and it's over. So you're doing about 15 years of training and education and paying off debt for about 20 years of return. 
See, the way life works and the way God has designed us here to be here on the earth is that you are now investing in your schooling for eternity. Your life right now is the testing ground, is the proving ground for something that is to come later. See, now you have about 80 years in exchange for eternity. Because sometimes we sit here and say, God, what is the point of this? What is the point of this journey? What is the point of me having struggles? I'm broke right now. I don't have a job. My, my girlfriend dumped me. I, this just doesn't make sense. My kids don't listen to me. The relationship with my spouse. What is the point? What's the point of all this fighting? What's the point of this constant, it seems like constant, relentless pruning of myself. Now, you could easily write it off maybe and say, well, that's just all the bad devil messing up my life. And, well, he does definitely try to do that, and he does definitely try to, by the power of suggestion maybe, really mess his way into your mind so you start agreeing with them. But outside of that, he really doesn't have any power over the believer. And so what is it, or who is it, that's pulling us through these circumstances and these trials time and time again? Could it be that God has us on an education? Could it be that God is trying to produce something out of his people while they're still here on the earth? Could it be that God wants to see something perfected here on the earth. Let's read Colossians. Do you guys have the ability to put that up? Colossians 2, verse 6 to 15. And now, just as you accept the Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So it doesn't end. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Okay, who's overflowing with thankfulness right now? Okay, a few. Good. (laughs) Because that is actually a litmus test right here. It says, if you do these in your faith and you grow in the roots and all that, you will overflow with thankfulness. So if you're like, I'm not very thankful right now. I don't feel like I'm overflowing with thankfulness. Well, there's a clear thing of what he's trying to get us to do so that you can overflow in thankfulness. All right, let's keep going. That's not even what I want to talk about. (laughs) Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking. How much of that goes around? I mean, come on, you just scroll through Instagram for 30 seconds and you see 42 things of these great human ideas that really don't hold water. When push comes to shove, they don't hold water. I can tell myself to be happy a million times over, but unless I am rooted in Christ, unless I am grounded in his word, unless I let my roots grow deep in him, it just isn't going to happen. Which is why I, 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 I just can't fathom when people don't know the Lord. How do you do this? I know how weak I am. I know how quickly to the side I get pulled. I know how quickly I spiral into depression. I know it. 
thankfully, I have some roots, and sometimes they get, they get uh, chewed up. Sometimes they feel like they don't go down to the source. But there is a way to have that happen. So don't get tied up in the nonsense from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Next one. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Now, here's another weird thing. Sometimes we think, well, I must be awesome because I have Jesus and that's just it. Well, yeah, we're all awesome. God created us and he doesn't make mistakes, so there's that. But what this is trying to say to us right here is that Jesus walked this earth fully with God, fully with his spirit, and did not do anything outside of that. So I know for myself, even this very morning, I did not fully walk with God in that level. So there's part of me that, yes, wants to do this and wants to be full of God this way, but there's also a part of me that does not want to be full of God that way, that's actually against God completely. Weird, right? It's called the flesh. You hear Paul talk about it a lot. In fact, Paul goes on to say in, in, in one book, says, I want to do all the good things, but I do all the things that I don't want to do. What the heck? Anyone been there? <laughs> Come on, let's be real here because, hey, it's, it's a daily thing. This journey, this education isn't like you go for the weekend and then it's fine. It's a lifelong journey. Roll the next one. So you're also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Thank God. Thank God. If you've made Jesus Christ your King and Lord, you get to join in with, with this. So it is possible to walk with God. So it is not, it's not impossible. You can walk with Him. Yes, we make mistakes. Thankfully, there's grace and, and mercy and repentance for all that stuff, too. Next verse. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. I talk about circumcision a lot. I have five boys. I could perform the procedure myself. I was there for all of them. I know you're like, what is this guy talking about? Actually, talks about circumcision a lot in the Bible. But my favorite verse in all of the Bible is Deuteronomy 10, verse 16. It says, now therefore, be, have, sorry, Messed it up. Now, therefore, let your heart be circumcised. Be no stiff-necked no longer. Let your heart be circumcised. So, it's talking about a different thing here. The Israelites, they just thought it was this one thing. Perfect, made us awesome with God. Jesus comes on the scene. They're still doing the whole cutting thing. Uh, and they think, oh, this is the way to salvation. No. God's like, there's a deeper circumcision I'm working on here. And if this makes you uncomfortable, I apologize, kind of. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. That's the good one I'm talking about right here. The cutting away of your what? Sinful nature. Interesting. So there is a surgery, there is an education, there is a procedure going on in your life of cutting away something. Now, you might say, well, it just says it's done. Well, let me ask you this question. When was the last time you gave in to your sinful nature? All right, it isn't a condemning thing I'm trying to say here. It's a reminder that this is a constant journey. 
This is a continual step-by-step, as we talk about in this church all the time, journey towards God. It isn't meant to be discouraging. It's actually meant to be encouraging, meaning that, hey, while I'm aware that I messed up there, I have an opportunity to keep stepping forward. Thankfully, it's not like it was before Jesus' time. Thankfully, because then you just got stoned out back. And not in the way that Justin Trudeau wants you to. That was funny. All right. Sorry again. No, actually, if you were a prophet, or you said you were a prophet, and you messed up, they just took you out back and threw rocks at you until you died. That's how it worked. Maybe sometimes we should do the same. Anyway. (laughs) Jared knew I was going. He's like, don't say it. I'm like, I had to. No, that's not how it is now. Thankfully, there's a way. Next verse. For you were buried with Christ, meaning that you died. When you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Ah, man. If you actually let these verses like drive into you, you feel the life that actually comes with them. And I know maybe sometimes when you read the word of God, it doesn't really hit you in the face like some people say it does to them. Ask God for revelation. Ask God for for some sort of opening in yourself to let it hit you. Because I promise you this, he will. He, he, He rewards those that diligently seek him. And if you diligently seek after the Lord, he's going to open up his word for you in a way that you didn't even know was possible. And verses like for this one, for me, hits me right in the face. He's like, whoa, there's so much depth in there. Maybe you haven't felt that before. I pray right now in Jesus' name that the spirit of revelation, the spirit of revelation would awaken in your life. That when you read the word, that when you hear preaching, that when when something uh, from heaven comes to speak to you, I pray that you would be shattered with the goodness of God. Because his depth and his his eternity is, is unbelievable to human minds. It, it, do you know what it says in the Bible? It says, the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of men. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom. The highest height of our greatest thinkers to ever walk the face of the earth, that is mere foolishness to the ways of God, to his thinking. And we have access to that. See that? is what opens things up when you read the scripture. All right. Now, I I, I like to tie things back and forth between the Old and New Testament because I really feel that that it's important to really tie the two together. Sometimes we're like, what do we need the Old Testament for? We got the new one. Well, you can't really understand the new one without the old one because the old one explains how everything was set up and the foundation of it all. And the new one is the fulfillment of that foundation. So, Let's go back to Jeremiah 17, verse 5. And here's going to get, it's going to get heavy here. Again, this is the Bible. It's in there. This is what the Lord says. Cursed! (laughs) I always say it like that. (laughs) Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Does that sound like Colossians? Do you think... Think the writer was thinking about something that he had read in Jeremiah. Next verse. 
They are like stunted shrubs, using the tree analogy again, in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Man, that's rough. Wait, don't go there yet. That's the good part. We got to do the bad parts first. <laughs> Skip down to verse... Um, Hold on one second. Is there a timer? It says zero. Am I done already? Okay. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, verse. Let's go to verse 9. Whew. This, is, it gets, this is where it gets rattly. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Wow. You ever hear the, like, the hashtag now, my truth? <sighs> okay. Listen up. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. I understand. And hey, there's truths that I have in my life too. I didn't make them up. I got them from scripture, which is probably a good idea. But there's truths that just aren't truths, people. There's truths that just shouldn't be a part of you. There's truths that you're like leaning on and maybe holding on to as a foundation that just shouldn't be there. Because God's really trying to get to the bottom of something. He's trying to point out something in us so that we can walk like Jesus walked on the earth. There is a point to this. Now, again, don't be discouraged saying, oh my gosh, God thinks I'm just some loser we just sang a song that he didn't. He said, hold on to this one truth, that God's madly in love with you. Like, he loves you. <laughs> because he loves you, he can then tell you this stuff. If he hated you, it wouldn't, make, it wouldn't be good. But because you love your kids, you discipline them. Scripture. Because he, because he loves us, disciplines us. Tells us, hey, you know what? That my truth thing that you're holding on to so hard, it's not so good for you. It's actually killing you. It's like holding on to a poison. And you're drinking it constantly. Let it go. He says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. We said, what was that last song we sang with the, the heart abandoned? What was the line? I'll stand in awe. Arms high, heart abandoned. What does that mean? Heart abandoned. Letting go of all the things of the world. The great song says, says uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. What happens? Things of this earth grow strangely dim. The light, pretty good. Stand in awe with heart abandoned. What's the next part about the soul? Say it. My soul surrendered. What does that mean? See, we sing these things all the time. We say these things all the time. But do we really understand what we're saying? Or are we really grabbing hold of the truth of what people are trying to tell us? Of what God's trying to tell us? See, I talk about the heart all the time because God is interested with the heart. That's my thing. That's, he put that in me and I can't get away from it. When I look through scripture and I see that he's very concerned with the heart of his people, I have to talk about that. And unfortunately, painfully, he does that to me constantly. 
It's like this Green Beret mentality where it's just like, send the troops in, destroy this part of Jesse that's bad at no matter the cost. <laughs> Casualties don't matter. And I'm like, my wife sees me sitting on the couch like this. <gasps> What's wrong with you? God sent the troops in. Now, again, God is so merciful, so gracious. And he talks about him like being a surgeon where he, he, he can cut perfectly around the tumor and take it out. It's not like he's just going in there with a chainsaw and hacking things out. The mu- However, as much as you invite him into your heart to do that surgery is the amount he'll do it. And I made some pretty bold statements when I was these folks' age that God could do that surgery. And while in the midst it's painful and there's things that you don't want to let, there's a lot of my truth that I don't want to let go. When I do let go, when it is cut out, when it is removed, what's allowed to take root and take place there is so much more beautiful. It's so much more life-giving and so much more powerful. Now, I am by no means perfect. I am by no means uh, have it figured out. I'm just going to school like the rest of you. And God's looking for people that are willing to go to school. He's looking for people that are willing to be trained, to be educated, to perform surgery on. And whoever wants to can have that happen. I know there's things right now that I hold on to too tightly, and I really shouldn't because it's, it's squelching another part of me that's meant to flow. I love being creative. I mean, that's my whole business now is being creative, and, and, and sometimes I hold on to things that actually limit that creativity from coming out. Speaking of, you know, sliding into depression, things like that, like a lot of that kind of stuff, I, I gravitate towards and it really robs what God really wants to come out of me. There is a, now, honestly, how much, what time do I stop? Seven minutes? All right. <laughs> wow. That's precise. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You always say that you talk too long, so I don't, I want to kind of be in between there. <laughs> Great story in Exodus. Exodus 32. Don't put it up yet. Exodus 32, 22. Well, we'll just wait a second. I'm going to set it up. I talk about the story a lot because it's actually, it proves something. Uh, Moses, Israelites, saved out of Egypt. You know, a couple million people escape slavery. Pretty awesome. Get to the Red Sea. How are we going to get through this? God parts the waters. They walk through on dry land. Pretty amazing. You think you wouldn't forget that kind of stuff? You go through, we're hungry! Or first thirsty. Thirsty, we're thirsty! And they can't drink this water because it's bitter. Hey, throw a stick in there, it'll get better. You think you wouldn't forget that kind of stuff? We're hungry! Oh, well, I'll make bread literally snow from heaven. You think you wouldn't forget that? Hey, we need some meat now. I'll give you some quails. They'll just come in the middle of the desert for some reason. You think you wouldn't forget. You see 
the power of God descend on Mount Sinai with fire and smoke and lightning. So much so that they're like, don't even want to come near the mountain lest they die. You think you wouldn't forget that stuff? So Moses goes up with Joshua to get the Ten Commandments. Heard of those things? Comes down, the, God's like, hey, there's something crazy going on down in the camp. You better go check it out. Moses comes down the mountain. Joshua's like, it sounds like there's a war going on down there. Moses is like, no, it sounds like celebration. This isn't good. Israelites, who had gone through all the stuff, seen all the miracles, seen all the amazing things that God has done, seen his power on Mount Sinai, decide to make, melt down all their gold and make this calf. Make an idol. We need a God to lead us. You think they wouldn't forget about that stuff. So Moses comes down and talks to, his, uh, talks to Aaron and says, hey, verse 22, what happened? Don't get so upset, my Lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. I just imagine it happening this way, okay? I'm acting it out. Next one. They said to me, Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. Like they forget, they even said where he came from. Next verse. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And when they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and a calf came out. (laughs) Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Wow. So much so. And you think, well, I would never be like one of those Israelites. I would never forget. I would never forget all the times that I was saved from captivity. That when I didn't have a job, God provided something. When I didn't have money, God provided. When I didn't have a house, he provided something. He put a shelter over you. He put friends around you. He put relationships around you to help you and to walk with you through the storms. I would never forget that. And we, first time it comes back, and that wall of storm comes and hits us in the face. God, where are you? We need someone to lead us. See, God is really, 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 he really desires a relationship with us that goes beyond. He desires a relationship with us like, the father and son had, where Jesus was so in tune with the spirit that he didn't do anything outside of the father's will. And believe me, Jesus went through it here on the earth. In fact, it says that every single form of temptation that could possibly happen came, and he resisted. We always think, I wouldn't do that. But if we really boil it down, we know the times that we have. Again, it's not condemnation that God's trying to hit you with right now. It's a reality of, hey, you're still in school and it's okay. I'm still teaching you and it's okay. If you would open your hearts up even a little more, I could show you what it could be like. Let's get, let's get to the good part. Colossians, or sorry, Jeremiah, put up that. We'll, 
We'll finish with this good part. Because I don't want everyone to be sad. <laughs> oh, I'm so deceitfully wicked. Well, there's times actually, to be honest with you, that, that God does ask for repentance like that. That he actually does want you to cry out and say, God, my heart has been deceitfully wicked. Forgive me. There is times like that. And so don't despise those. All right? But Jeremiah 17. Oh, I'm in Exodus. Oh, you got it. 17, 17. Here we go. Hey, Clayton. Here we go. But blessed! See, the curse thing, you can do the blessed part too. But blessed! It's way better. Are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Next one. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Man, could you imagine being planted by those rivers? Can you imagine being planted in something so sure, so confident, so faithful and true that no matter what was going on in your life, you can still produce fruit? That is what it's like to have yourself planted in the Lord, like they write in Colossians. I know that when he was writing that, he read Jeremiah 17. He was thinking about that. He's thinking about, wow, there's something God did and fulfilled through Jesus Christ that said all men and women, all children, all people on the earth, if they would let their roots grow down in him, they could be as strong and tall as a tree planted by the river. No matter what happens, they won't fall. No matter what comes at them, their leaves won't diminish. No matter what happens, even if it looks like death is around them, fruit will still be produced. And that is why it is so important to stand in awe, heart abandoned, looking unto the face of Jesus. Because he's here to do and perfect his will in your life. Don't despise going to school. Don't despise when he comes and has to perform surgery. Don't despise the journey. Because it's meant to cause you to grow and grow and grow. Just like that song that you sing in Sunday school. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Engaged Church or continue your relationship with Jesus, head to engagechurch.ca. We'll see you next week.